Hi, Kimba. Kimba. Hello, me, Kimba. Radio broadcast, episode 20. I would swallow my pride. In episode four, Ain't Got No Regrets, I talked about some of my more embarrassing moments during my radio career, because when you do most of your job live and in real time, it's not really the odds of something going wrong. It's that when it does, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. (laughs) You have to just figure it out and roll with it because you're live. You can't rewind or anything like that. Well, I've since thought of a few more, and I am sure that they will keep coming. But for now, as you may have heard, I am South Florida's biggest athletic supporter, love all, I'm a a native Miamian, so I love all of my teams, the Canes, the Dolphins, the Marlins, the Heat, and my favorite, I am biased, the Florida Panthers. The first hockey game I ever saw was the inaugural Panthers game at the Miami Arena. I was immediately hooked. Fast-paced game, air-conditioned building, young, cute players, check please. I was lucky enough to be able to host intermissions. That's where you go. If you've ever been to a game like that, you see that somebody walks out on the ice and they host some silly game or give away a car. I've done all of the above. And at first I did them at the Miami Arena and then it was at the BB&T Center. This particular incident happened at the Miami Arena. Based on the dates, I'm going to go with 1996, although I don't know for sure. The capacity of the Miami Arena, 17,000. The Panthers enjoyed a healthy audience at that time. So there could have been anywhere from 10,000, give or take, in the stands during an intermission for the ones who didn't go out and get the beer. Although you guys missed it. So I'm making whatever announcements that I'm making. One of the ice dudes, now they have the ice cats, the girls that dance around and throw out the t-shirts. But at the time, it was just uh, a couple guys that did it. I want to say his name's Rob. I should remember, but I don't. But we'll call him Rob just to have a name. He is near the opposite end of the ice. I'm not quite all the way on the opposite end. I'm kind of near the where I'm going in and out to go backstage. And I'm standing there doing my announcements and he comes running toward me. He jumps down to his knees and starts sliding at me. I'm fully expecting that before he gets to me, he's going to go around me. Now, before you say, oh, well, Kimba, he's on ice. He can't steer. Let me reiterate that I am a native Miamian. I didn't even see snow until I was in my 20s. So I don't know from ice. (laughs) And if you've gathered that I did not move out of the way, by the time I realized that he wasn't veering to either side of me, it was too late. So he's sliding on his knees. I'm standing there with a microphone and he basically hits me below the knees and sends me airborne because, you know, he's going at a clip. So I go airborne. I hear the collective (gasps) of the tens of thousands of people possibly watching this. And then all I keep thinking is I've got to keep my hand, the grip around the microphone because I don't want the microphone to go blind and break that. Show must go on, right? I don't want to break the equipment. So I've got my hand around the microphone. And when I come down, I figure my hand will hit instead of the mic. But you could still hear when I came down the dull thud of the microphone as we all came to earth. I jumped up pretty quick and did the whole, hey, what do you know? I'm okay. And you can hear everybody laughing and everything. As I'm walking to that, into that opening, into the backstage, which by the way, that opening is called a vomitory, just so you know, something made me look down at my index finger. And as I bent my index finger, I noticed that it was split wide open. 
So when I came down on the ice, apparently my my index finger knuckle popped the ice and just split it wide open. It wasn't a bloody mess. It was just split open. The team doctors, for insurance reasons or whatever, were not allowed to look at it, but they certainly did laugh. <laughs> uh, if you've never seen a mascot in hysterics, because his face is kind of fixed, but he was doubled over in hysterics at this. And then Rob made his way back there. And he said to me, the conversation went sort of like, why didn't you move? I said, I thought you were going to move. He said, I can't move. I'm sliding on ice. I said, I didn't know that. Lesson learned. <laughs> I figured that one out. We were all pretty much laughing about it, probably except for Panthers management, because they were wondering, hey, is there going to be a lawsuit in the works? In any case, went over to Jackson Memorial Hospital, which was right near the arena, and proceeded to get three stitches to close up my index finger. And then this was unexpected, but for Valentine's Day, they invited me back to the Valentine's Day game and had me do the intermission so that Rob could come sliding at me again, this time though, over to the side of me and present me with a bouquet of roses for, I really wish there was video of it. If there is, I've never seen it and no one's ever provided it, but I'd love to see it. That had to be hysterical. Oh, yeah, another facepalm moment. 1990. I was sent to LA for the Halloween haunt. I know I've mentioned this gig in prior casts because it was my first really foray into live broadcast and interviews. I had never done any interviews. And then I was doing several. It could be musicians. It could be actors. It was a hodgepodge, if I may use a technical term. One of the guys that I got to interview was Charles Fleischer. He was the voice of Roger Rabbit, He's a stand-up comedian, and this may fall under the category of fastest embarrassing flub by me. I think you'll hear it right away. Kimba Tenside Cheesy Street, Universal Studios Hollywood for Monster Madness Halloween Haunt. Now sitting next to me, a guy who gives me multiple chuckles, and I can't say that about every guy that sits next to me. Very funny, the voice of Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischman. Fleischer, it's okay. Fleischer? My name is Fleischer, but let me point out why she Fleischer. said that. I had given her so many multiple chuckles that the element of conversation which controls the brain was out-chuckled. It was chucked up. You... She was up-chuckling, and, and she said my name wrong because her name is Kimba. And quite frankly, when you have a name that can be used in the jungle, it's easy to remember names like Humbalo, Quito, Kibro, Jaguar, by the name like Fleischer, it's not a jungle name, Kimba. And sitting next to me, I was getting, just getting, the heat was turning me into butter, like melting butter, Fleischman. Ooh, I was... This is going to be a theme show, I have that feeling. But I feel for lots of things. And speaking uh, of things, you do. ooh, Kimba. <laughs> Kimba, yeah, my love, Kimba, yeah. Kimba's... Okay, Kimba. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, we were talking about your facility for abstract thinking when we were interrupted by a horrific-looking lion that just pranced across the studio here. Harry, too. Harry, too. Harry hasn't even thought about it yet. <laughs> so, so we're in South Florida. Yes, so we are. So make sure you use the sunscreen. What number? Oh, number nine. Nine sunscreen? Number nine. <laughs> number nine. And you were a sweat hog. I was on Welcome Back, Carter. Yeah, I played Carvelli, Carvelli. for a couple of years. Yeah, that was an exciting show. Would you like to sing the peanut butter song? Wow, you know peanut butter and jelly. You are, Kimba. I apologize for any rudeness I may have given to you. For you have, you have brought back my peanut butter and jelly. That's all I put in my belly. 
I'm a peanut butter and jelly kind of guy. Peanut butter and jelly on rye. That was it. I can't believe it. That was like one of my first publishing tunes. Now, we were on the Universal tour, and they were talking about the talking mule. Yes. And they said what they did to, to get him to look like he was talking was put peanut butter on the roof of his mouth, and he'd start licking That's it just off. what so, they tell you. you it was electric shock, honey. <laughs> electric shock. You think they're going to tell the people, well, Francis the Mule, we, we put electrodes where he... Well, anyways, your mouth would move funny, too, boy. <laughs> the Mule was here. He was screaming, Mule. He was just screaming. Then they, they play it backwards. It looked like he was talking. And the way they made Flipper, you don't even want to hear about that. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> so, do, do you like movies about gladiators? Uh, I like movies that are Roman, but I don't always like them about dictators. But gladiators and pontificators, as well as uh, highbrow waiters and spoon-fed gators. And multiplex demodulators. Oh, talk to me, Kimba. <laughs> multiplex demodulators. She said it. She said it. I knew what she'd say. Look, in my diary here, Kimba will say extra modulators at some time during the interview. I think we've won something valuable. Tell us about it, Ed. That's right, Francis. It's a 1945 Kimba Gyrolator. With mucoid injections and fuel bypass organization skills. Kimba. Talk to me some more like that. I can breathe boy. on. I find the flower of ancient truth swollen and long like fruit from the tree. And he'll still think that might be one of my favorite interviews. Thankfully, I was smart enough or scared enough just to let him go. Just to finally shut up and let him roll with it. This next one is more of an embarrassing encounter. I was with some very good friends of mine, Julie and Jack, and their young son. This had to be early 90s. We were in South Miami. We were passing by this restaurant and bar, and they had this A-frame touting that my station was going to be there for an appearance. And it wasn't going to be me. It was going to be a colleague of mine. But Jack, thinking he's funny, there's a hostess standing just inside the doorway and he goes in and he says, wow, Zeta's going to be there. Is Kimba going to be there? You know, I'm standing right next to him and he's doing all that. And the, the hostess is looking at him like, oh, I don't know. That's not, that's above my pay grade is kind of what she was doing. Well, as we're walking out, this guy comes up to Jack, uh, he, he uh, overheard and he said, you were asking about Kimba? And Jack said, oh yeah. And he says, she's hideous exact word he used. She's hideous. And we all kind of stop in our tracks. And Jack says, she's what? Now, keep in mind, I'm standing right there. This guy can see me. It's obviously not me. But he continues to tell Jack, I saw her at a concert and she is hideous. And now we're all just kind of standing there. I mean, I wish I would have had the wherewithal at the time to say, like, more hideous than me? And see what he said. But I was in such shock. <laughs> like, whoa. And I'm holding Jack and Julie's son. So Jack says, I'm going to give you one more chance to really think about what you're saying. Are you sure, you know, you've, you saw her? Are you sure you want to call her hideous? And he, he's really given the guy ample op opportunity to realize something might be at play here. But the guy just doubled down. He triples down <laughs> on how hideous Kimba is. Jack says, I'd like you to meet Kimba. And this guy turned all kinds of embarrassed. And the thing was, I think holding Jack's kid made him think that Jack was my husband. So he was so over the top apologetic to Jack. 
I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Not to me, but to, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to to call her hideous. It's more important not to offend the alleged husband than the person that he was calling hideous. But the, however, it gave us a great story. And from then on, I am known in that family, in that circle as the hideous one. And I wear that badge proudly. I think that's enough embarrassing stories for one episode. If you have a question, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Let me know what you want to know about radio or the old Zeta days, whatever you'd like to know. All the information on how to get a hold of me is in the description of this episode or the description of the podcast. And the vodcast version can be found at youtube.com slash herkimba. And if you would subscribe, that would be swell. Thanks for being one of Kimba's Heard, and thank you for listening to me, Kimba Radio Broadcast, Episode 20. I would swallow my pride. Kimba!